Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We are in Genesis. So how many of you have, uh, you picked up either a reading plan or maybe you're doing the Bible recap? How many are ready to kill me with the Bible recap? Go ahead, Dorothy, raise it high. Some of you are going to love it. Some of you are going to hate it, but I promise it's really good. And, and here's the difference. So some have asked what the difference is. So in those books that you picked up at the front, you have the reading plan. So you have, you have just, you know, what we're reading every day. Um, there's several of us, though, on Wednesday night, we have actual study books. And, and I still have a few of those left if you're interested. The, the devotion is really good. It's when you get to that study guide that it gets a little crazy. Don't roll your eyes at me, Dorothy Sullivan, I'm telling you. So Wednesday night, we're going to talk about some of that, though. We're going to share about how some of us are learning to look some of that up and where to find it easily without feeling overwhelmed by it. I promise there is a, a good outcome. Um, I sent out a text to a couple of you the other day, and, and Pat was the first one. Oh, my goodness. She said, you know exactly where I'm at right now. And she was like, this is about to kill me. And I said, no, no, just calm down, and it's okay. Do what? <laughs> I noticed that too, Dorothy. I did notice that too. Um, but I promise I've enjoyed it because, you know, we've done a read through the Bible in a year and that can be really overwhelming, you know, and, and it feels like a task. And, and if you've already done it, it can be hard to do it again. But I actually am looking forward to doing mine every day when I read that devotion with it. Um, so I just encourage you, but even if you're not doing the actual devotion books with us, um, the book that you had out front has the reading plan if you want to do that, but it also still has your scripture writings for those of you that like to do just a verse a day, um, and it gives you that as well. So I said my my sermons are going to come from that. So, you know, we cover a lot of territory in a week's worth of reading, and so each week I'm trying to kind of pick out the, the specific things that I think God wants to talk to us about. And this week it's in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. This is the Tower of Babel. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Father, this is your word today, alive and active, and may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So language and words... Maybe you took a, a second language in high school or college. Anybody take that, that required Spanish? And, you know, every once in a while somebody had to be different and, and take French, right? 
Um, but most of us probably would argue, I've never even mastered the English language, so why would I ever want to learn another language? Um, I remember Rochelle in high school, she had went to one of her Hispanic friends and said, hey, I'm taking Spanish and I really am going to need your help. He said, why do you need my help? And she said, well, because you speak it. He said, yeah, well, you speak English and you're still failing that. So, you know, like, you know, if we, if we can't pass the first language, why would we take the second one, right? But most of us, it was required of us in high school or in, in college. And even the English vocabulary is constantly changing. You know, slang is evolving daily, and it's becoming part of our vocabulary that they, you know, put in the books. So like this year, a, a, a new word in the dictionary is riz, which is short for charisma. If you got riz, you got charisma, all right? There you go. You just learned your, your new generation whatever word for the day, okay? And then now you have to include in our language emojis, and we're not even diving into that scary world because it would scare you people on some of these emojis and what kids think they mean, right? But it can be exhausting trying to keep up with knowing what we're saying, right? Now, can you imagine a world where everybody spoke the exact same language? Like, can we really imagine that? That would be pretty cool. And I mean, as a parent of teenagers, most of the time you're thinking, I wish we could speak one language in our house, right? Because it feels like teens wake up one day and all of a sudden they have their own little language and, and mom and dad are dumb and, and don't know what they're talking about, right? Yeah, sorry, Dalton, you're getting the eyeball from mom, aren't you? So I get it. And, and you know, the kids got us for Christmas uh, a board game. It's called Code Names. Anybody ever played Code Names? And this is the Disney version. You have these cards laid out and, and you, you come up with a one word clue and you give a number and the number is how many cards are associated with this. And you have certain ones for your team. You're trying to get your team to guess. Um, but you have to be able to speak the same language. And so like me and Alex love to be on a team together because he's like, okay, mom, we got this. Like, we don't even need words. Like, we speak the same language. And you can sometimes come up with the dumbest clues, but it just makes sense if you know each other's language, right? So language is a big deal. So what's happening in this today that we're reading? First, your backstory. Again, we're reading through the Bible in the year. And so the backstory is, in Genesis 1, God creates everything, right? So he's created humans. He creates Adam and Eve. Unfortunately, they fall to sin. Things went bad to worse until Noah and his family are the only righteous people left, right? And so God brings the flood to earth, but he promises to protect Noah and his family. And basically anybody that will get on the boat, but nobody's listening to Noah, right? And so Noah's family survives the flood. And, you know, you're like, well, BJ, why'd you skip over that again? We cover so much in one week as we're reading. We don't have time to break every single thing down. But I wanted to look at this because this is an important fact for, for even us. In chapter 9, when they come off the boat, God gives them a blessing and a mandate. In verse 1, he said, God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. That was the blessing and the mandate that he gave them when they came off the boat. Now, I personally like, if you keep reading on down through there, he talks about all the animals, small animals that scurry on the ground, and he tells them, guess what? I have given them to you for food. 
eat meat. I love that part, right? I love that part. Um, but we, we see that Noah ha- and his family have partially filled this mandate. As you're reading through Genesis 10, you begin to see all the, the lineage, the genealogy of the boys there, Noah's family. And you see that they have partially fulfilled this. They've got the multiply part, right? They, they've figured out and, and continuing to have families. Now, verse 1 said they spoke the same language. This is not something that should surprise us. When, you know, for us, it feels odd. One language in the world? Well, yeah, if you had one family come off that boat, everybody's going to speak the same language, right? Like there was no division there. Um, Verse 25 shows us in the genealogy where Babel fits into this. So if you look back up through that genealogy, you will see Peleg, which means division. This is verse 25. For during his lifetime, the people of the world were divided into different language groups. So you see how this connects now. You know, I've always kind of, as I read through there, you got genealogy, genealogy, Babel, genealogy. And I was like, how does that work? Well, it's one of those excerpts that they pull out and say, this is how it happened. This is what God did. So in verse 2, it told us they began to migrate east. So great, we're off to a good start. That's what God wanted them to do. Come off the boat, begin to multiply, begin to spread out. Fill the earth, right? And then it says, they settled there. Oh, here's where the problem starts. Because fruitful and multiplied, check, we got that. But it's that fill the earth. Except they stopped. They decided, hey, we really like this this area, this ground. Let's, Let's stop here. Let's build a city, right? And you say, well, what's the problem with that? I mean, we see that they're very uh, smart and genius. They learn how to make bricks, right? Anybody in here ever made your own bricks? It's not an easy task. Jason, you have? Or you, you really have? All right. So if you need some bricks made, Jason is your brick man, all right? It's not an easy task. In, in junior high, I guess it was, we went to the Heifer Project up in, um, what, Perryville's where the farm is. And we got to make bricks as part of it in one of their little world areas. And it was really cool to, to make that one brick. Like, that was the most awesome thing in the world, right? Now imagine having to make enough for your house. Yeah, that didn't feel so awesome all of a sudden because it took us almost all day just to get that one brick put out, you know. And so the thought of having to make those bricks over and over, but they learned how to do it because stones were not available and they had to learn how to to survive in that area and they did a great job of it. But then verse 4, look at what verse 4 said. It said, they, let's build a city for who? For ourselves with a tower in it. That'll reach the sky. Now, in that time, in that culture, these towers probably were some sort of idol form that they would build to gods because that tower became an avenue. It became how the gods could come down from the heavens to the earth, right? Now, it gives us no indication, though, they were building this in honor of God. In fact, we get all the indication everything was about themselves. Let's build this great tower that reaches to the sky so that it'll make us famous, right? See, they, they wasn't worried about God. They said, let's make ourselves famous. Because if we do that, it said, then we don't have to be scattered around the world. Uh-oh, there it is. Their self-will was starting to come out. Why was this a problem? 
Because God has a plan and a purpose. He has a will. He gave them the blessing and the mandate, right? God already saw the direction of humans already going wrong. And we're only a couple of generations past. So you've got Noah, you've got his son Sham, you had Sham's son Arphaxed. Arphaxed was the father of Eber, and Eber was the father of Peleg. So we're not even that far down the road. And already man is starting to be self-centered again, right? And God is probably thinking, didn't we just go through this? Didn't we just solve this problem? But he sees the direction. He sees where they're headed with this, and it has nothing to do with him. Now, as you read through the Bible, we have to remember God's purpose is to redeem his creation. The whole time we're reading through this, church, if you're in the, the recap with us, we're looking for what God's purpose is, who he is, right? And we see that he is a redeeming God. And he wants to redeem his creation. So even here at Babel, God knew that down the line, there was going to be a time when his son came to earth. We just celebrated Jesus in that manger. Well, he knew there was a path that was going to lead to that. And he wasn't going to let them mess that up by saying, no, we're not going to do what you ask us to do, God. Now, Jesus did not just come into existence in the New Testament. Okay, as you're reading through, sometimes we, we forget as we're reading through Old Testament and we think, yeah, people were really messed up. Like, we really needed Jesus. God knew we needed Jesus from the beginning, the moment Adam and Eve turned their back on him. God has always known. He's always had that foresight to see uh, beyond that. And so Jesus already existed. Jesus already knew there was going to come a day that he would come down, right? And so we saw in verse 7 when God said, come, let us go down. He, you know, talking Trinity. He's talking to all of them. Let's go see what these people are doing. And the people were so proud of their accomplishments as if they had already reached heaven with this tower. Oh, this is so awesome. Look how high it's going. We're going to reach the heavens. Like, we're going to be so famous because we're going to have the biggest tower out there, right? And yet, when you see what God says, let us go down. You know, so many times we feel so sort of boasted about good things we do for God. And yet, God said, we still got to go down. It wasn't reaching God. It wasn't no avenue for him. He didn't need all that pomp and circumstance of a, a tower or this idol being made to him. In fact, we just celebrated he came in one of the lowliest forms, in a manger. Not in a kingly state like we would have expected him, right? He doesn't need our buildings and our things. Because the same God that is here inside this building with you and I is also in a little four-walled hut in other countries right now, is also in the basement of access areas where Christ is not allowed to be spoken and they're hidden in the dark, also sitting in a jungle somewhere where there's not even a building, they're all just sitting around listening to the gospel today. God is in all of those places. This building, it's our comfort. It makes us good because we're warm in here and we're toasty. But it has nothing to do with God coming down to us. And we celebrated that as Jesus came down to a young girl, scared as she was, in a manger. And then verse 9, it says, In this way he scattered them. 
We can sometimes read this account, or at least I did, and think, wow, God is just so demanding. He's kind of unbending. He's kind of a meanie, isn't he? Like, wow, I think it would be awesome if we were all united and doing the same thing. Doesn't that, isn't that what we seem to strive for so often? Why would God not be happy? Or maybe we're looking at it differently. Maybe he's a loving father that he sees where they're headed and it's not good. In fact, it's right where they were before the flood when they didn't pay attention to God. They didn't hear from God. They wasn't looking for God. Maybe he's a loving father that has a bigger picture than you and I can even see. And so the things that don't make sense to us in the moment is full, clear clarity to him to know the will he has for your life and my life. Because here we see the people, they're scattering, and, and it's to achieve God's will, but it's also to save them from themselves. And when God said, do not eat the tr- from the tree of good and evil, what did Eve do? She ate. Why? Because she thought God had something good that he was withholding from her. That was what caused her to eat that fruit. Not because she understood what was going to happen. She just was convinced by that, that voice from the evil one that God is holding back from you. And so now we have God gives them this mandate to go, scatter, fill the earth. And they think, why do we want to do that? Like we have everything we need right here. And so again, we see in this generation that they're thinking it's better to stay put. I know what God said, but it's better for us to be here. Like, we know what's best for us, right? And this is it. Church, let's be honest this morning. You and I, we do the same thing. We do the same thing. Many of our bad decisions, our bad choices, if we really want to lay them open and look at them, it's probably because what I wanted or what I perceived as a better choice for me was my decision. I wasn't truly listening to what God wanted for me. And a lot of our decisions, and I'm not talking about circumstances beyond our control. We know that things happen to us that we have no control. We're reading Job right now. We know this, right? Like you can be blameless and still have bad things happen. But in this instance, I want you to understand that we're no different than Adam and Eve. We're no different than Noah's family. That we have moments, we really know what God maybe has whispered to us, trying to direct us. But then we say, but this is what I feel like is better or easier. This is what I want. Now we see here the the people are scattered. This is where we get different languages and God begins to send them out across the world. And you think, well, why would he want to separate if, if, if his purpose is to redeem people to him? Why would he separate us? But we see in the book of Acts, you get to see in Pentecost when this is redeemed. When people of every nation and every tongue hear the gospel in their language. And we know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everybody. It's not for just one. So when Christ died, he died for all. So maybe you're saying, God, why, why would you mess it all up? You know, think about if you were there at Babel. God, why would you mess this up? Like, we were on a roll. We had a a great city that we were building. 
And maybe you're thinking, life seemed to be going so well. Have you ever had this conversation in your own head? God, why would you mess this up? Like life was going so good. Everything felt like it was falling into place. And now it feels like it is in shambles. And I don't even know where we're going from here. Why would you do that, Lord? You know, maybe they never understood the full scope of what God was doing. That genealogy, Shem did not realize his lineage would lead to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Do you see? God had a plan. And he has a full plan that led all the way to the lineage of Jesus Christ. But they probably didn't see that. They saw the destruction. They, they saw the separation. They saw the confusion. They saw the chaos. They saw life being hard because they had to start over somewhere. And sometimes when we're in the middle of that, it really is hard to, to trust in God, isn't it? It's hard to trust that, God, you know best. We say those words. We don't always mean those words. We say them because we're trying to convince ourselves sometimes trying to speak life into ourselves. But church, life is not guaranteed to be easy. Following Jesus does not mean we'll not have hard times and we'll not have heartaches. And when we don't seem to, to get what we want, when, when we don't listen to those voices that tell us that God doesn't want you to have good things, that's what the Satan's always saying. See, God's just messing you up because he doesn't want you to have good things. But Jesus came to redeem us, to the Father. Because no different than Adam and Eve, no different than Noah's family, you and I, unfortunately, we're bent towards sin. We're bent towards self. You know, sometimes when I say the word sin, you think really bad things. Sometimes it's just a matter of self, of letting self die. What did Jesus say? You got to pick up your cross you got to die daily and follow him. That's dying to self daily. Because I have a, a whole thought on what would make life good. I have a whole thought on what would make it easy. But sometimes that's not the direction God wants us to go. Sometimes he picks a harder, narrow road. Isn't that what he promised us? It's a narrow road, not the wide and easy one. You see, but Jesus wants us to be redeemed. God, what looks like chaos, what looks like trouble, what looks like, what is God doing? He's got a plan and he's got a purpose. And guess what? He still does because his son is coming back again. And he's still leading us down a road that he knows where it is. He already knows how it ends. So shouldn't we trust the one that has the full map? <laughs> Shouldn't we trust the one that understands? So whatever you're going through this morning, I promise you, God is right there with you. As we're studying in Job this week, we, we see the fact that God did not cause all those bad things to happen to Job. But his sovereignty still allowed it. And that's hard sometimes for us to understand but it also gives us comfort to know, God, you are in control. And I know several of you sitting here, your stories, and I know that you've been through some things that at that moment you wasn't sure you'd survive, and you're still here today. 
which reminds me, God is still in control. And he wants to redeem your story, church. He wants to, to draw us. What we see is a scattering here in Genesis 11. In the book of Acts, we're drawn back in together as the family of God. No matter our, our backgrounds, no matter what we've been through, we're a family through Jesus Christ. Stand with me this morning. Short message, but I'm, I've not coughed, so that's why it's like sometimes you, you, you stop when you're ahead, I promise. Father, we come this morning. And as we are reading through your word, there are things that are hard to understand. And and at one time, Babel was one of those things that, God, why would you separate? Why would you cause chaos? God, why why would you send us in different directions? But God, can we just trust for a moment you had the bigger plan? You knew exactly where Shem's family had to go. You knew the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You knew, Lord, coming through the years, through the line of David, that your son was going to be Emmanuel, God, with us. We've seen that in these past weeks of celebration, and and Lord, we love to, to sing those songs, and we love to believe in Jesus who came, but God, I believe in Jesus who died on a cross. He was raised again, and he sits at the right hand of the Father today. And I believe that he said he's coming back. And God, I don't know the time or the day, but I know to be ready. And so, Father, I pray over every person in this room, are you ready? Call out to the Spirit today to just open up his word to you. And God, may this, may this word today uh, speak to everyone on a, on a different way. You have a different message, I'm sure, but God... May we hear the message of your love, of you love your creation. And God, even when we disobey, you still love us and you still want to redeem us. And you gave that promise to Noah's family that you'd never in the the life of earth here by a flood again. But God, it doesn't mean that sin stopped. Father, forgive us when we have disobeyed. Forgive us when we have become too self-centered of our way, our thoughts, our directions of what's right and what's wrong. And God, may we begin to repent those things in our hearts and open our lives, open our paths, open our directions to you. In the year 2024, may it be all about following you because of who you are, God the Creator, God the Father. Father, we love you. And I just pray healing over this room. There's been so much coughing in here. And and God, we know the sickness that is just in our community this, this time of year. So I pray healing. And I pray that these viruses are are, are coming to an end and, and being stopped. And God, may you just put a hand of protection over us to keep us healthy, keep us whole as we come together as your family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church family, if you've been blessed, be a blessing to others. And if you can help move any of the Christmas things, please stay and see me or Thomas for that. (laughs) Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. 
If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.